three, two, one. Two weeks ago, Greta Thunberg, a 16-year-old Swedish climate activist, made headlines with her UN speech. She said, People are suffering, people are dying, and our ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of mass extinction, and all you could talk about is money and fairy tales of economic growth. Bruh. As powerful as a statement as that was, it was Greta's final words that inevitably had the world talking. Words like, right here, right now, is where we draw the line. The world is waking up, and change is coming, whether you like it or not. Those were profound words coming from a 16-year-old, and they sparked reactions from climate supporters to climate deniers, liberals to republicans, baby boomers to millennials. People were talking and thinking about what Greta said. Both the internet and social media did what it does best, facilitating endless comments, debates, and memes. And in the midst of all that, I stumbled across this video that truly hit me like a ton of bricks. It hit me more so than Greta's actual speech. And don't worry, I'll link it in the description of this week's episode. Anyways, it was this one mashup video featuring a song called Right Here Right Now by a DJ named Fatboy Slim. You see, the combination of that iconic 1999 techno beat, Greta's final words looped, to the various clips showcasing the effect climate change has on protests, politics, pollution, and polar bears. It was in that one minute video where I stopped and realized how fucked up the world has gotten. I stopped and thought about the future. I stopped and questioned whether I should even have kids. And in this week's episode, I'm going to explain why I'm on the fence. Look, I'm going to be honest. That mashup video got me inspired, angry, and upset with a lot of things that are happening. Things that have yet to occur, but most importantly, it got me thinking about the future. I mean, when you hear reports on the news that the top scientists in the world say that instead of having 12 years to save the planet, we actually have 18 months, it's scary that the beginning of the end is upon us all, and society as a whole is moving like a tortoise instead of a hare, in a race that requires speed. And I think what really got me about Greta's speech and that Fatboy Slim mashup video is the fact that knowing everything that is going on in the world today, why would I want to have a kid? Why would I want to bring a kid into this world? I say to myself, will this child breathe the same air that I had when I was a kid? Will this child have the same food options that I have now as an adult? The answer is, I don't know. I don't know if the air quality will get worse by 2040 when my hypothetical kid turns 10. I don't know if food will really be food in 2060 when I am a 65 year old man. And I know that's pretty cryptic and a depressing way of thinking about the future, but let me break down these two statements because they are indeed fears that I have about having a kid. And let's start with the first, air quality. Look, there's no denying how big our carbon footprint is, how our day-to-day -day lifestyles impact the planet. As Americans, we consume 20 tons of carbon dioxide every year. Bruh. That's the equivalent of driving a diesel car for 40,000 miles nonstop. And there are many factors that cause us to have big footprints. Factors like where we live, what we eat, how we commute, who we vote for, they all drive our carbon footprint. 
Say you live in a densely populated city. The amount of energy and resources you use will be greater than if you lived in the suburbs. Say you're a meat eater. The amount of beef you consume has a bigger footprint than that of a vegetarian. Say you drive your car to work. Well, the amount of times you refill your gas at the pump adds pounds of carbon to your footprint in comparison to those who commute via bike or subway. And lastly, say you vote for a high office politician who does not believe in climate change, the amount of policies they're able to put in place can fundamentally change the future in comparison to a politician who does believe in climate change. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that regardless of how big our carbon footprint is, we as a world need to cut carbon dioxide emissions by 45% before the end of 2020 because scientists say that the goal of 2030 is now out of reach. I mean, at the current state that we're going, I don't think we can reach 45% because nations like ours is not really ready for change. People in general don't like change. So why would I bring a kid into a world that is suppressing change? Why would I subject him or her to a world where there is less oxygen and more carbon? Why would I subject him or her to a world where there will be more fires, more hurricanes, more droughts? Because that's what's really at stake. Earth is pretty much moving towards that inhabitable planet in the movie Interstellar where it looks like a decaying dust bowl. Look, I know parents want the best for their children, that they want their children to have a fighting chance, but that saying is inevitably going to be a reality. Kids that are being raised in the 2030s, 2040s, and 2050s will indeed be fighting for their lives in a way their parents never did. To me, that's a scary thought that is shaping up to be a truth. I don't see everyone recycling. I don't see everyone giving up meat. I don't see everyone giving up their cars, giving up their biases towards science. But what I do see is another fear that my hypothetical kid could struggle with, and that is food. If you haven't noticed yet, I love movies and TV shows, and sometimes I reference specific ones in the conversations I have with others, and the conversations I have with you because they remind me that they're not far-fetched. And after I listened to Greta's speech, after I saw that Fatboy Slim video, I was reminded of this old 1973 movie that my dad made me watch called Soylent Green. It was an interesting movie about the year 2022, where the oceans are dying, there is year-round humidity, the world is overpopulated, resources are depleted, and there's hardly any fresh food, just Soylent Green and artificial food. And with this whole meatless movement that is taking place, movies like Soylent Green are no longer a far-fetched fantasy. I mean, in a previous episode, I talked about how impossible foods in Beyond Meat are potentially foods of the future. With countries like China and India expected to surpass the US in beef consumption, that inevitability of having more ecosystems like the Amazon get deforest in favor of raising more cattle, leads me to fear that certain foods are at risk. Will there be any organic fruits and vegetables in the year 2060? Will there be any avocados, tomatoes, spinach, strawberries, and bananas left for my hypothetical child to eat? Or will companies like Beyond and Impossible have substitutes in place for them? Because plant-based meat is just a stepping stone for these companies. 
I mean, did you know that Impossible Foods is already testing and sampling Impossible Salmon? I guess when I think about having a child, again, any parent will want the best for them. But I cannot definitively say that this child will have the opportunity to eat what I'm eating today. It's scary to think that the quality of our food today might not be the same in the year 2060, when my children's children are alive. Ultimately, I think Greta's speech awakened some harbored fears about having a kid. Fears that I never thought about because I've always wanted to have children. You see, I'm an only child, and I've always wanted to have two, maybe even three kids. You know, so my child could have a brother or a sister, something that I never had. Because that's what parents do. They try their best to give their kids things that they never had. But considering everything that's going on today, that longing for having multiple kids really is up in the air for me. I ironically am afraid about something that's not even in front of me. Having children is in the distant future. So these thoughts about having children, about what their world will be like, not mine, is something that I cannot brush under the rug. Look, I have nothing against having kids. I love kids because they keep us young. They give us a spark that we once had. The spark of discovery, innocence, and optimism. Even Jordan Peterson said in his book, 12 Rules of Life, An Antidote of Chaos, that children make good company. They really like you. And depending on the relationship you set out to have with them, children revitalize your world, which upon their arrival has only been a memory. And when I thought about that, it's true. Whenever you're in a supermarket or at a mall and you see a baby in a stroller, they're always amazed and puzzled with the shapes, sizes, and colors of everything that is around them. They're priceless. And I know this week's episode has kind of been a killjoy, but I don't know if people are really considering the ramifications of bringing another life into this planet. I mean, today, my generation specifically, is thinking about themselves with careers and experiences. We were thinking about the present and less about the future. I guess I have been an old soul, but the future is upon us whether we like it or not. And having a kid really is a catch-22 when you consider the politics, protests, and pollution. I don't know, maybe you're more optimistic than I am about the future. Maybe the future is brighter than it leads on. Maybe the kids that we have will solve the problems of this world. But in order to solve a problem, the first thing we have to do is realize that we have one. And half of America still believes that climate is not one of those problems. So to wrap up this week's episode, I want to leave you with this passage from a book called Letting Go by David Hawkins. It pretty much sums up why I'm on the fence about having kids. So here it goes. Fear of life is really the fear of emotions. It is not the facts that we fear, but our feelings about them. Once we have mastery over our feelings, our fear of life diminishes. We feel a greater self-confidence, and we are willing to take greater chances because we now feel that we can handle the emotional consequences, whatever they may be. Because fear is the basis of all inhibitions. Mastery over fear means the unblocking of whole avenues of life experience that previously has been avoided. Okay, guys, that's a wrap for this week's episode. Remember to share and hit that subscribe or follow button if you haven't done so already. You know I'm thankful when you do so on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, or 
on my website, www.matstwocents.com. That's the number two. Until next time, guys, it's been a pleasure. This is Matt signing off for the day.